0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew, another parable Jesus put before the crowds. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight, our Lord and Redeemer. Amen. In our family room on the mantle of our fireplace is a sign. Be patient with me. God isn't finished with me yet. Many times when our children were growing up, that's sign gave me pause. Actually, God isn't finished with any of us yet. We are in the process of being transformed, struggling with good and evil, experiencing successes and failures, and as the song goes, picking ourselves up and starting all over again. The most recent events of the past weeks, the senseless acts of terrorism and suicide and bombings. Killings and wars, the children crossing the borders, and most recently the bombing of Malaysian Flight 17 has left, it's just too much to take in. I am struck by the fact that while I am deeply angered and saddened, I am no longer shocked. I am numb. And that is very unsettling to me. Unfortunately, it is becoming all too familiar. There are so many questions. How can those responsible for these tragedies have so little regard for human life? Where is all this misdirected hatred and anger coming from? Why are innocent people chosen as the target for violence? Where is God in all this? In Romans, Paul tells us if God is for us, who is against us? And Paul is convinced that despite all the adversity he saw in the world, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how does God's love manifest itself in our lives? I believe that Jesus gives us a road map to that question through the lens of the parables. What is a parable? C.H. Dodd states in his book on parables, At its simplest, a parable is a metaphor or a simile, drawn from nature or the common life, arresting the hearer by its vividness or strangeness, and leaving the mind in sufficient doubt about its precise application, to tease it into thought. We are meant even today to wrestle with the meaning in our search for truth. All the parables we heard this morning begin with the words, the kingdom of heaven is like. Take the parable of the mustard seed. What isn't commonly known today, but was well known during Jesus' time, is that the mustard seed was being one of the smallest seeds. Not the smallest, but one of the smallest. And in fact, it was a weed. It can grow to 6, 12, or 15 feet in high, in height. There is tremendous contrast in size. So much comes from so little. Even though Jesus and his followers were such a tiny little group, and even though the kingdom seems at times virtually invisible, one can have faith in its final coming in fullness. We can have faith that it is spreading. So it is with the parable of the yeast, a small unit of fermented dough in biblical times not like the little packages of yeast we buy in the supermarket today, but mixed into three measures of flour would grow to roughly one and one-eighth bushels total. Such a small amount of yeast mixed in with a large amount of flour would make an awful lot of bread. Again, the contrast in size to emphasize that while the kingdom of heaven in each of us starts small, it will grow and continue to flourish And become surprisingly great when it comes into its own it will be all-encompassing we aren't there yet it is God's timing not ours as disciples of Jesus we are called to be patient and trust that the kingdom is indeed spreading and God is counting on us to do the spreading to be the co-creators with God to complete the work of the kingdom to continue the work toward justice, mercy, and forgiveness for all. It's a lesson in patience and in hope. But God's expansive love is not defined solely by growth. We turn now to the parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl merchant. In both, there is discovery first, then it's followed by joy, and then come the consequences. For the one... For the one discovering the treasure hidden in the field, his joy is risking all for the kingdom. And when the merchant discovered the pearl that he recognized was of great value, he sold everything he had to acquire it. And so God's love in our lives manifests itself through growth and also through epiphanies we experience along our journey. Do we search for and find the hidden treasures, the lost pearls in our lives? For many of us, and I know it's true for me, it is the slow, gradual maturing in faith, together with all the doubts and surprises that I have experienced over my lifetime. A faith constantly being renewed and constantly being challenged. For some, it comes through a heartbreaking tragedy. For others, like C.S. Lewis, it comes through endless searching and seeking. We all have our journeys, unexpected glimpses, sometimes acknowledged only after the fact. I remember one such glimpse when I was a seminarian doing my fieldwork in a church in Tuckahoe, New York. The time came for me to give my first sermon, And I was determined that it was going to be the best sermon ever given. And so I spent way too many hours on this sermon. And when it was time to give it, I got into the pulpit, and I got the first sentence out, and my voice left. I couldn't speak above a whisper. I was horrified. The senior warden ran out and brought me a cup of water, and the best I could do was to take a sip, and get a sentence out, take another sip, and get a sentence out so you can imagine how I was feeling. That is the way the whole sermon went. But at communion time, when it came time for me to give, uh, to administer the communion to the parish, what happened was that they ended up ministering to me. The person who came up, one by one, they squeezed my hand, hugged me. They just basically... Uh, ended up ministering to me. They reached out to me in love and taught me a huge lesson in humility. At the door of the church, one man came up to me and he said, first time I ever listened to a whole sermon. He said, I wanted to see, (laughs) I wanted to see if you could get through it. (laughs) I did, but not in the way that I wanted, but with God's help through the body of Christ, the church community. I've always remembered that. The New Testament is full of seeking, expecting persons, surprised by joy. Zacchaeus, the little rich man who wanted so badly to see Jesus as he was passing by, that he climbed a tree to catch a glimpse of Jesus, and was so overcome by his teaching that he shared half of his possessions with the needy. And then there's Peter, who had denied Jesus three times before his death. And he was heartbroken. Imagine his surprise when he heard the words Jesus spoke to the women at the tomb. He is risen. He is not here. But go, tell the disciples, and Peter, and Peter. Those words affirmed Peter's forgiveness and Peter's acceptance. We can only imagine his relief and his joy. In his book, Simply Jesus, N.T. Wright says, Jesus' kingdom must come then by the means that correspond to the message. It's no good announcing love and peace if you make angry, violent war to achieve it. The present mode of the story is not the end. In other words, the kingdom is here but not fully, as it will be when heaven and earth are completely one. What we see now is not the completion of what is to come, it is the spreading. We're living at that time in the spreading of the kingdom, slowly beginning with Jesus and his followers and continuing down through the ages to you and to me. Wright continues, when Jesus healed people, when he celebrated parties and hung out with all sorts of people, when he offered forgiveness freely to people, In all these ways, it was clear that this wasn't a foretaste of a future reality. This was reality itself. This is what it looks like when God is in charge. This is heaven on earth. The kingdom does make itself known in surprising times, places, and persons, and continues to spread like the mustard seed and the leaven throughout the world. Therein lies our hope. Patience and faith are what is needed in the meantime. We have to persevere, and we must remember that God is in charge. Amen.